0: Welcome back to another week of the Blog Boy Roundtable. Again, we've got a three-man weave going, but it's a different uh, a different three this week. No Nathan or Stig. Uh You can thank Spectrum for uh, no Nathan and Stig, uh, uh got engaged. So another big one. He only went two and two on his pick, his worst week. But I'm sure he's all right with it because he had some other good things happen. But uh, he's still in the lead. Stieg is nine and three, and then. Uh, Nick, Nathan, and I are both at seven and five. Vito had a rough last week, so he's currently four and eight, but these things turn around very quickly. So this week was is probably um, one of the best weekends in a long time. I, I think it's like one of the, in terms of ranked matchups, top 25 matchups, one of the best ones in about a decade or more. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. So we've actually going to pick. Some extra games this week, not just the three and off the board. We're going to go four and off the board, but we'll review last week. Um, Tennessee, Florida. I went. Uh, I was a coward. I took the coward's way out and picked the uh, total. I went under 58 and a half, and that kind of hit. I thought if Florida had a chance to win, there would be lower scoring for Tennessee. That's what happened. Steeg also took Florida. We were the only two on that one. Um, Vito was the only one to take Pitt, and it certainly seems like they're just –
1: yeah, you know, they've just totally I, gone in the tank I don't, it's I kind of shocking i didn't expect that i mean narduzzi is just he just did not like what he had with with, with uh with pickett I'm, I'm i'm guessing this is uh alex Kirchner over at scd was like that was way too successful we got to go back the other direction and I yeah i'm thinking like the backyard brawl they're gonna come back they're gonna do this i don't trust west virginia neil brown and you might be saving himself. Um, you know, he's he's coming to life a little bit. I'm not saying both both offense look great or anything like that, no. but boy, does Pitt look terrible.
0: I for wow, me, it was like backyard line. brawl. I'm just going to take the home underdog. I, if it was at Pitt, I probably would have taken Pitt. Like it was just one of those games where you didn't really know what you're going to get. But Pitt certainly seems like they're in a the downward trend. And then uh, I had LSU minus nine and a half. Uh, Mississippi State looked pretty bad. Nate had Army plus eight and a half. I think they were outright winners, right? Then, TCU, mm-hmm. then Nick had TCU minus seven and a half. Uh, Stieg had Colorado, who we'll talk about a little bit later, minus 23 and a half. Uh, they did not cover, but they did end up coming back and winning, which uh, a lot of people watched.
2: Over <laughs> nine million views. Um, Isn't it the, the pe- Best all time. I mean, he's a draw. He is a, he gets him in that, like, and he got nine million people, most of them on the East Coast at 1 a.m. to tune into a Colorado game. That would have been unfathomable a year ago. <laughs> wow.
0: If, uh, and if Colorado, Colorado hires him two years ago, is the, Pac, if, or let's say, let's say Colorado, let's say this happens three years ago, is the Pac 12 still
1: together? I'm not convinced he would be here three years later. <laughs> well, there's that. But
0: I'm just – if he's getting 9 million people and the – it's just like the Pac-12, what it's – they they, they could end up with two playoff teams is how good – I mean, they're going to end up playing each other, but they are probably got the best top of the conference in the country right now in terms of probably the top five.
2: And then you got
0: Dion as a draw.
2: Some people are saying uh, calling Washington the best, like secretly the best team in the country. Which I believe, like at this point, I mean, through the first couple of weeks, I, I I wouldn't argue against that. They've been balling.
0: They're crushing everyone. There's no no close games. Mm-hmm.
1: So- Michael Penix Jr. is, uh, I mean, I, I think I called him a dark horse Heisman candidate. Right now, he might be the front runner. He is just he he's just lethal. That offense is is crazy. Kalen DeBoer has really put together a really good squad at Washington. And we'll see when they uh, play USC in November or uh, I, I haven't looked at your schedule too, too much, but they look like the cream of the Pac-12 crop. And frankly, the Pac-12 looks incredible. And this is just the nature of college football now that that <laughs> conference will not be around next year. It's
0: not. It's It's cyclical, but it's cycled a little bit back to some more power out West. Um, and uh, Kalen DeVore, I think, won the USF job when Jeff Scott got it, by the way. Or at least that was the name I heard from some connected people. So maybe you know. Dion too.
1: Who knows? Maybe he would yeah. have been talking about the renderings.
0: <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, I I do. This is a little bit off topic. I do think if D if USF hired Dion, they would have got a a big uh, boost in terms of a realignment. But they tried, so there's not much you can do when
1: a guy says no. Yeah, there's only you can't. Uh, hey, but you know, Seth, did you just try asking harder? <laughs> you you tried asking kind
0: of with them? a lot of money, and when they say yes. no, it's I can get more money and it'll be easier to do what I want to do. Not much else you can do,
1: but all I, all I want to add just at the end of that is awesome for Colorado State, too. I mean, obviously, the dirty hit on uh, Travis Hunter, I don't know what, what was going on there but Colorado state put up a great fight when 9 million people are watching you and they're not supposed to be that good. Uh, you know, Jay Norvell's comments beside they came up and played and that was a hell of a game. Instant classic. Yeah. I didn't stay up to watch it because I am not, <laughs> I am, I am not a young man anymore. Yeah. And two 30 in the morning is very, very late. Um, but yeah. w- what a banger that was for both programs. And it's just really great to see that, you know, there's really good football in Colorado.
0: Yeah, I won my duel Excellent. against Nyquil until the end of the game. There, that was uh, that was a tough one, but man, yeah, that was that was that was a great game. And I think it's good to see uh, Colorado kind of be able to come back and put it together. But one of the bigger stories from the weekend was the game that everybody missed. We all took Alabama minus thirty-two at USF. Um, I didn't think USF would be able to score on them, so I thought five touchdowns—that'll be easy. Apparently, it's not. Now, uh, Alabama, I think it certainly seems as if, and and we'll start, uh, we'll talk about their performance last week. And also, they play at, or I believe it's Ole Miss, is at Alabama. Alabama is a seven-point favorite with a 55.5 total for the over-under there. Alabama looked pretty bad against USF. Now, the USF defense did some stuff to make it tough, but how does that game coupled with kind of, you know, we said it was a sandwich spot between Texas and Ole Miss, and, you know, you thought that maybe you'd catch them sleeping, but we all thought Alabama would cover that pretty easy. I heard from some other people that are pretty smart that thought it was going to be pretty easy too. What did you guys make of that, and what do you kind of make of that going forward in this next game?
2: I'm, I've, so it's been three, yeah, it's been three days since uh, the game. I am still (laughs) bored that the USF defense was turnstiling Alabama uh, offensive tackles the entire game. That is, that is the damnedest thing I've probably ever seen from this program. That is the opposite of what I expected. They Alabama okay. So Jalen Milro, he's gonna start, but that, that whole quarterback situation is just so bizarre how it's played out.
0: It's it, it certainly seen. So Sabin was asked about the quarterbacks after the game, and uh, we went into the uh, we went and we made sure we got into Saban's post game because you know. You got to see the goat in person, right? So, uh, we got in there. Nathan Bond of the Bay Area Examiner asked an excellent question, by the way. Uh, but we got to go in there, and who's asked about the quarterback situation? It certainly seemed like either, either you know, it was criticism from the Texas game, or it's kind of come out that possibly he was not super happy with sharing reps in practice. But it certainly seemed like Milrow was benched for the game. You could maybe say suspended. But he wasn't going to play because uh, Saban said something to the effect of it's really important how you respond to adversity when talking about the quarterback spot. And it, was, see, it certainly seemed to be talking about Milrow and not the two guys that had played that day. So um, I heard a report, I think maybe Greg McElroy or somebody said that he was not happy splitting reps in practice. So maybe that was it. I don't know what's going on, but it certainly seems like Milrow is the best guy by far and they tried to kind of go at it without him last week and it did not look very good
1: i I was shocked at how bad tyler buckner looked and i don't know if this is tommy reese i and he said that usf brought some exotic blitzes but how how exotic are we talking (laughs) like i mean daquan evans had a day but still like you said you said it right that offensive line was like a turnstile and i don't know if buckner wasn't seeing it ty simpson then came in and wasn't seeing some of the pressure surprised he held on the ball some some of the times he got hit yeah i i was wondering about milro because i just if they just decide to run the damn ball and had milro they probably just win this out you know win this outright they finally ended doing it in the end when he didn't come in it was like a saving proving a point so that all makes a lot of sense but buddy if this is against usf i mean with rain you know the rain delay and everything like that i was just shocked that they couldn't they couldn't find open receivers they were throwing ducks they were one hopping i mean these are you know, this is supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. If it's this – I mean, if this bad against USF, you got a whole SEC slate you got to worry about.
0: Is, even, it po- is it possible Saban's out-trolling Lane by tr- totally throwing the game before playing it?
2: What, what – I <laughs> – So even with the whole Mil- Milrow po- sending a message and possibly getting benched and possibly getting benched or getting benched during the USF game to make a point – this, you're heading into SEC play. And so, coming off the Texas game where he wasn't bad, but he wasn't Im- really impactful, this would be your get right game if you know that Milro is the guy, like, okay, let's get him reps against this lowly opponent that we should beat up. And then you springboard yourself into SEC play. So, that in itself is still bizarre.
0: There are more theories about this floating around than like the JFK assassination. I've heard that Sabin <laughs> wanted to prove a point to Tommy Reese that, hey, <laughs> you, you think Buckner's a guy? All right, let him play. Uh, I, I've heard so many different things, but after it's all said and done, Milrow was named the starter going forward, and it certainly seemed like that's the right idea. So going into this game here, we're going to be making a pick on it, Nathan and Steeg both like Ole Miss, plus seven on the road at Alabama. Um, I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm, I'm taking Alabama in the seven, right? We you, we had – now they ended up losing to Texas. I thought Texas had to play pretty well. If you go back and watch that game, it's not like Alabama made a ton of mistakes. Texas hit some shot plays down the field, scheme stuff up really well. Now Kiffin's a really good schemer as well. Um, but they don't got the, they don't have the, the dudes that Texas has. Um, and I think this Alabama team is going to be looking for a bounce back kind of really from the last two weeks. I'm sure in that building, it feels like they've lost back to back weeks. Um, so I'm, I'm rolling with Saban. Uh, I'll take it plus, or I'll take the seven, the touchdown, uh, Vito, what are you thinking on this one?
1: So I want to kind of lean towards where you're going. This is still Tuscaloosa. This is still, you have to beat the crowd as well as the atmosphere and just Alabama as a whole, the elephant in the stadium, regardless how good the team is or what they're going to throw at you. That's still something you have to beat on an away game. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and do uh, un, under 55 and a half. What I really think this ends up being is Alabama's defense is still really, really good. They were flying around um, even even last week. They still are really, really good. Um, I think Richard Johnson says uh, <laughs> Citrus Bowl defense good. So it's like the defense could carry this team <laughs> as long as it can go. Um, I'm not 100 percent certain. Uh, the, the seven scares me a little bit because that's got that's that, that's that's a lot of points. Who knows this is going to go? I'm going to go under 55 and a half. I think this might be a bit of a struggle here, and I'm not entirely sure that Ole Miss is going to put up the points that you think they would, just because it's in Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, their metrics aren't quite as crazy as you would think they would be, and they're not running the ball as well. And Quinton Judkins has not had a, like a spectacular year so far. Nick, uh, I think you said you might have a total play in this game as well. Where, where are you where are you
2: like? Right, I'm right there with Vito. I am staying the hell away from <laughs> the spread, even after how bad Alabama looked. I, I still, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, still can't bring myself. The,
0: no, I, I, can't I can't do that.
2: I can't. I, can't <laughs> it. I still can't do it. Um, I think this is going to be a defensive dominant game because Old Miss's defense has improved, improved this year over where they've been the last couple of years. I think that this is going to be a, a, a really defensive oriented matchup. Everyone, you know, Jackson Darks had a pretty good first couple of games, but I think he's going to be under a lot of duress Here in Tuscaloosa, because that deep man, Dallas Turner, like you want to talk about a dude who's going to go in the first round. That dude was flying around and and just in uh, young Byron Brown's face the entire, in the entire game. But yeah, just give me, give me the under here. I, again, I do not, I I am staying the hell away from that spread.
0: Yeah. uh, The first two weeks of the season, USF was one of the top teams in the country offensively in terms of explosiveness. I wrote in a in a piece today for the uh Area Examiner Patreon that Alabama basically put them in a figure four the whole game and, and did not let go. Like the D, Alabama defense had them in a sleep roll the entire game; they couldn't do anything. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good. That's where if I was looking at the total, I'd definitely be with leaning with you guys there. So, let's get to another game this weekend that, like three weeks ago, was gigantic. Uh, one side hasn't kind of held up there into the bargain, but it's still a pretty big game. you got FSU at Clemson. Florida State is currently a two and a half point favorite on the road at Clemson. The total sits at 55. Stieg and Nathan both like Florida State. Nick, where do you lean on this one?
2: I'm right there with him. I'm going the Knolls to cover on the road, even after they had a pretty weird game against Boston college on Saturday, you know, there's a lot of inclement weather in the Boston area. Um, Jordan Travis got banged up towards the end of the first half, but then he came back in, they jumped out to a pretty sizable lead. I think it was like a three touchdown lead. And then Boston college somehow MacGyvered their way back into the game before Ultimately, if FSU closes the door, it, it goes, this game goes back to what we've been saying with Clemson, who outside of Will Shipley and I guess Kate Klubnick is going to make explosive plays for that offense. It, they've been able to light up Charleston Southern and FAU the last couple of weeks, but I'm still not seeing it against a, ca- a, a caliber of a team like Florida State. Also, I was looking this up that even it, against, you know, Charleston Southern and FAU, the Clemson defense only has four sacks through those first three games, which you would expect more when you're basically playing a lower G5 team and an FCS team. So there's kind of, so I kind of question that as well. But yeah, I think that this is where we've, FSU's been trending up Toward back towards being the top dogs of the ACC, and I think they know that this is that game where they officially ripped that mantle back from Clemson, and they've had this circled since the off season. So yeah, give me the Knowles by. I th- I don't think this is going to be particularly close.
1: Vito, where are you? Where are you laying here? I'm with. I'm shocked at the the spread on this and the fact that it, I think it opened Clemson favor, Right. I is think. That right?
0: Either- Certain places it might have. Uh, I, yeah. The opening I saw it, uh, like at DraftKings, which is the only book we use, Vito, was. No, that's uh, true. I think if Florida that's State true. was one and a half. It went, yeah, or two and a half. It went down to one and a half, and it's climbed back up to two and a half. I think it's what yeah. happened.
1: And I get why the networks did this, but I hate that TV took over. This game should be a night game in Death Valley. And at that point, I would think Clemson has a chance. I do not think a nooner at this point. Uh, I mean, FSU wants this more than Clemson does. They have the talent, they have the dogs, um, and I'm going to steal a a term from Nick Simon. Um, you got to win your clunkers. And when you win your clunkers, good things can happen. So Florida state put up a clunker. They, they, they were a little snoozy up there at, you know, noon in Boston college, Thomas Castellanos made some huge plays, but BC ultimately shot themselves in the foot with 18 penalties. I don't think that happens again. I think Mike Norvell uses that as a learning, as a teaching component. So he gets the best of both worlds. Hey, you got the win, and now I can go ahead and say, you can't make these mistakes again, because if you do, you're going to lose against Clemson. Again, I hate that this game's at noon. It should be a night game. All these games should be night games, FSU versus Clemson. Huge prime time. But hey, the TV networks are going to do what they're going to do. So the the pro move is, you go set up a tailgate, and at noon you watch this game. But I got Florida State, minus two and a half, and I think they're going to win by a couple touchdowns.
0: I gotta be. I've uh, I've struggled with this one a little bit. Um, Just it. I I I really want to pick Clemson, but when I start thinking about it, just just a home dog, kind of the top dog, great defense, but like like Nick mentioned, where's the explosiveness? Right, you need to be able to make some big chunk plays um they've been really bad at this year I think they're like 128th or something like that I heard today in explosiveness and they're really bad once they get down in the red zone in terms of finishing drives now maybe they'll play the perfect game and they'll finish the drives but um I think the more likely thing is that Florida State just got a little more firepower so even though Clemson I think is the superior defense here um I think Florida state just got some weapons that will make themselves tough to defend. So I'm going to go with you guys and we're going to all be on Florida state. Uh, it should be interesting. I don't, I, I'm, I could, I could see FSU breaking this thing open if, if Clemson cannot guard them, but you know, there's a, there's a possibility of a rock fight, I think here and Clemson at home is pretty tough. So, uh, mm-hmm. but we're all on FSU. So we'll see how that goes. It could definitely be a changing of the guard there. Uh, in the ACC, or I guess changing back. So,
1: man, just one thing that I wanted to say: this is also a game of uh, a, a coach who embraced the, the transfer po- transfer yeah. portal versus a coach oh, who yeah. d- uh, does not want to embrace it. And I'm not saying that obviously this game matters in that sense, but it's just a very interesting tactic to see. You know, Norvell hitting home runs every time he pulls in a transfer, and Clem and uh, Dabo saying, "I don't do that. I want to. I want to coach my guys up." Well, it like gets harder when you uh, lose all your assistants. So, you know what Clemson, Clemson be,
0: You know would be Clemson would be, be really nice if they had uh, Keon Coleman would be cool. That would Clemson would be a lot better if they had him. So, mm-hmm. uh yeah. The next game is one that's probably going to pop the biggest rating, I guess, because you got uh the 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 number 1 casuals team and then another team that I think a lot of people would recognize the brand, Colorado at Oregon, Oregon is a twenty-one point favorite. Seventy-one Crazy. and a half is the total here. We've actually got some dissent here. Nate is taking Colorado. I think he might be thinking of a backdoor cover. I don't know. Maybe maybe he thinks the Buffs can play. Uh, Steve's got Oregon minus the
1: twenty-one. Vito, where are you?
0: Where are you on this one?
1: Man, I'm going to get weird with this because I, I have. I, there's a couple of ways this game goes. 21 feels like a lot. Like, I get it. Oregon has super talented. Bonix is a Heisman contender. Their defense is solid. They have offensive weapons for days. But 21, three, I mean, I'm a believer in, in Dion. I'm not sure they'll win this game. It is, it is, is at Austin, which it's a very tough place to play. But I'm going to go ahead and take the over. This is a lot of points. But I think this might be like 45,35 or something something of that, uh, something of that uh, ilk. I, I'm not going to go ahead and co- commit to the cover, but I think this is going to be one of those that gets super pointsy, and uh, a backdoor cover on that uh, over 71 and a half might happen because uh, Dion, Shador Sanders want to make sure that they don't uh, just uh, go silently in the night. So I'll go over 71 and a half, hoping for a really fun game.:
0: So we think, we think Dion's going to keep go- if let's say it is out of hand. Do we think he's going to keep gunning? Or is he gonna or is he gonna try to hold because you know Shadur maybe he takes a lot of hits if the game gets out of reach? Do you keep him in and just keep gunning for it or or would you take him out? I don't know what do you think he's gonna do, Nick.
2: Oh no, they're gonna keep they're gonna keep gunning. <laughs> I mean, last we I mean we said it earlier we fell asleep during <laughs> the <laughs> Colorado game, but they they didn't sure as hell didn't give up. They're gonna you know the whole thing about this game is both teams. Are going to put on a show like this in who knows it may not necessarily be close but it's going to be entertaining man like this might be the most entertaining game of this entire weekend slate you have like this whole colorado thing is just in the stratosphere out of the stratosphere and meanwhile you have bo nicks playing in front of a national audience at 3 30 PM Eastern. So the entire country, you know, coming in to watch Dion will actually get to watch Bo Nix and that amazing Oregon offense. I'm with Vito here. I'm going to go hammer the over. Just let's go. And that's even with me, not even sure if Colorado will cover by hook or by court, they're going to put points on the board and Again, I, I'm just looking forward to the show in this one.
0: Yeah, I've gone I've gone back and forth. I, I think the over is definitely a possibility. Um I just you know, Colorado's defense is so bad, so you know Oregon's gonna score points. Um Oregon allegedly has a good pass defense, so I think they'll definitely be tested. I'm gonna go with Oregon here. I've I've really waffled back and forth between Oregon and Colorado and the over. Uh, But I'm going to go with Oregon. I just think there's a possibility that it all kind of turns bad for Colorado in one game. That happens. Sometimes everything turns right. Sometimes everything turns wrong for you. First, um, you know, I think this is probably a tougher environment than TCU here on the road. Been in the home the last two weeks. So I'm going to go with Oregon. So Steve and I have Oregon. Uh, Nate's got Colorado, and Vito and Nick have the over. And I think – that over definitely if it's a close game the overs in like it may
1: get over 90 uh, if it's a tight that, game that, I want to be with you like normally overs that much it's like that's too many points but this just feels like I mean and it could very well be that Oregon jumps out to like a 21 nothing lead and then Colorado storms back and I just don't see unless Shador Sanders is hurt Dion ain't quitting and Shador ain't quitting because if he yeah. keeps putting up those numbers we're talking draft pick we're talking high draft pick status day one
0: yeah I mean <laughs> he's he's been unbelievable so that's, you know, that's the one that's he's a really good quarterback and he can keep you in a game. The back door seems wide open in this game, but uh I'm just going to kind of bet on maybe landing having their number for one day here. So let's get to the big night game here. You've got Ohio State is a three-point favorite on the road at Notre Dame. Uh, Stieg likes Notre Dame, the home dog, plus three. Uh Nathan and I both like Ohio State minus three. I just, I got to see, I got to have Notre Dame prove it to me against an elite team. Uh, so I'm going to roll with Ohio State. Nick, where are you at on this
2: one? I'm going to go with Ohio State as well. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, very, very, very interesting heavyweight fight we have here. We've kind of been waiting for both of these teams to play comparable competition, you know. Ohio State, you know, they played a good, really good uh, Western Kentucky team last week and they vaporized them 63 to 10, which that's exactly what you want to see out of a team with college football playoff aspirations. And meanwhile, Notre Dame, this is already Notre Dame's fifth game of the season. So they should be in a pretty good rhythm by now. And Sam Hartman's looked really good, you know, through his first four games with the Irish. both of these teams are top five SP plus. So again, evenly matched, you know, you know, just from an advanced numbers standpoint. But what it comes down to with these kind of heavyweight fights is for, and for particularly for this game is one team has Marvin Harrison Jr. The other one does not And I think that's the edge for Ohio State. So I'm going to stay with the Buckeyes.
1: Vito, uh, where are you at? Man, this is one of those where I, I look at my my record and go like I can't I can't make these fun picks the way that I want to because I really want to try To me, this is one of those like proven moments. This is Notre Dame. Sam Hartman has been playing incredible. Can they finally figure it out and beat a a, a top opponent here? They're at home. This seems like a, a really really good opportunity for uh, them and Coach Marcus Freeman. But man, you, <laughs> Nick said it right. Man, one one team's got Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. and the other doesn't, and minus three. Yeah, I think that's really tiny. I think I, I got Ohio State all day here. I mean, they finally opened up the offense against Western Kentucky, and my my dumbass picked uh, Western Kentucky to cover because <laughs> I thought that Austin Reed was going to put up some points. But um, the Ohio State defense has been really, really good all year, and if they continue to get better, this might be one of those sneaky games where Ohio State start you know goes out to a ten to fourteen point lead, and they just Notre Dame can't quite crawl back. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I like Ohio State minus three. I want. I, I would. I want to pick Notre Dame. It's just a fun like prove it. Prove. It, but I need to. I need to make up some ground here, fellas. So Ohio State minus three for me. Yeah.
0: For, first glance, it's like oh Notre Dame three three. It was three and a half point home dog. Yeah. Does, has Notre Dame? Do they have anybody as good as Malachi Corley at receiver? Yeah, I don't see. That's, that's my some- big concern with them. Who who
1: who is their kind of explosive playmaker outside? I don't. I was going to Google Notre Dame tight ends just to see, because yeah. I think uh, <laughs> there's probably a tight end on there. That'll do pretty well, but um, yeah, you're right. It's one of those things where like, there's some guys where you just like, who, who, who are the skill guys? And yeah,
0: that's my big worry I'm, with them is, is do they have that guy that can be, that can get open for Hartman against better competition. So we'll find out. That'll be another fun one. Um, so like I said, this is, one of the best weeks we've had in a while in terms of ranked on ranked matchups. Now we go mm-hmm. off the board here. Uh, I'll start with Nathan and Stieg. Stieg is rolling with your USF Bulls plus two and a half at home against Rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, think they can? So like he thinks they can link two good performances together. Uh, we'll talk about that game more on pod by the Bay. And we'll probably all have picks on that one as well. But Stieg likes the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Nathan. Speaking of uh, Western Kentucky, they play Troy this week. Nathan likes them to win outright. They're a three and a half point underdog right now, so Nathan likes Western Kentucky plus three and a half against Troy. Okay. And uh, I'm this is more of a a fade of one team than a, a you know big time support of the other. But I'm going to take North Carolina State minus nine and a half at Virginia. Uh, Virginia's really bad. Uh, I think North Carolina State's defense is decent. Uh, and then you got the Brennan Armstrong revenge factor. Uh, so give me North Carolina State minus oh. nine and a half at Virginia. Um, I just, Virginia seems really bad. The other team that I was hoping to fade was Arizona State, but USC is like a 35-point favorite. So that one's not quite quite as a – that's no. a little bit tougher proposition. Um, Vito. You said you had a sicko, going, sicko pick of the week here.
1: I'm what going absolute sicko mode here, fellas. You always try to look at, like, what are the marquee matchups? What are the ranked-unranked matchups? Who's going to do it? Well, I'm going to look out west. What's USC going to do? Well, let, let's see what Ohio State or Michigan are doing. You know what? Nope. I am going to Texas, and I'm going to take UNLV minus 2.5 over UTEP. Ooh. UNLV just came over a victory over Vanderbilt, 40 to thirty-seven. I don't care that it's Fandy. That's an SEC defense you just put 40 points on. Barry Odom has that team looking really good in their first year out in Vegas. And UNLV has a ton to prove if they want to go ahead and think about conference realignment. They put up 44 against Bryant. Yeah, they lost to Michigan, but it's Michigan. And who wins in the big house? Not many teams. But after that spanking on Vanderbilt, I think uh, in El Paso at 6 p.m. Pacific time, that's 8 p.m. Our, don't worry about the math there, fellas. Uh, minus two and a half UNLV. And I think they're going to go ahead and, and, and win this one handily. And UTEP is not very good.
0: Yeah, I like it. Our uh, friend of the show-ish, uh, Bud Elliott, uh, bet UTEP, and he said he's never doing it again. He, thought, he thinks they might have quit on their coach. So,
1: uh, oh, you don't want to hear that word.
0: That's, that's a great. good one. That's a good one. I like it. All right, Nick. You get the last pick here this week. Where are you going? You can go anywhere in the country.
2: Vito, you know, I thought you were going to steal mine for a second because I'm also going to the Lone Star State, but the other side of the state from mm. El Paso. I am going Sam Houston State plus 12 and a half <laughs> against Houston.
1: Oh, that's so brutal.
2: Baiting Houston for the second week in a row.
0: Speaking so, of quitting on their coach.
2: Yes. So, Sam Houston, this is their third game in FBS they've been they've been salty the first two games offense non-existent they'll 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 figure that out the defense they're ranked 46th in SP plus on defense held BYU to 14 points held a pretty what should be a pretty good Air Force team to 13 points this is an incredible opportunity for them to kind of showcase themselves Again, you know, on the FPS level against a, well, now a big 12 opponent. Meanwhile, this Houston team, they may already be in one, two, three Cancun territory <laughs> with mm-hmm. Holgerson. And this might be the worst team in the big 12 this year. Them getting annihilated. Well, not annihilated, but it wasn't that game against TCU last week wasn't particularly close um yeah, if Houston messes around and loses his game, Tillman Fertita might as well just come down to the field and write the buyout check. <laughs> hand it straight to hand it straight to Dana right on the field. Like, here you go. Make sure your service. You're no longer needed here. So I'm gonna go big. Give me Sam Houston plus 12 and a half.
0: And Sam Houston also
1: had a bye week, so I'm sure they've got some stuff cooked Ooh. up. They have a sneaky good defense. Um, when you said uh, there's another game that I was thinking about, but it was way too sicko, was uh, uh, Hawaii minus three versus New Mexico State at midnight. I almost did it, but I'm like, I don't trust. Uh, I, New Mexico well, State, why, why? Can you imagine? You're going to Hawaii, yay, to play in a high school stadium, yay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be great, guys. Hats after the Bows, though. Um, I just didn't like any team in that scenario, but I almost picked that one.
0: That would have been truly sick. That's the next day level of sickness. So, mm-hmm. All right, so let's recap. We've all got FSU minus two and a half at Clemson. Uh, ACC in the, the guard. I've got Alabama. Stieg and Nate have Ole Miss. Nick and Vito have under 55 and a half with Ole Miss at Alabama. Stieg and I have Oregon minus 21. Nate's got Colorado plus 21. Vito and Nick both over 71 and a half. Everybody's got Ohio State except for Steve, who's got Notre Dame plus three. I've got NC State minus nine and a half. Nathan has Western Kentucky plus three and a half. Vito has UNLV minus two and a half. Nick has Sam Houston State plus plus twelve and a half, and a half. And has USF plus two and a half. Well, It should be a great... I mean, even outside these games we picked, I think there's three other ranked-on-ranked games. Should be an awesome weekend of college football. We will be back next week to review the week that was and preview the next week of games. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. And uh, thanks for watching.
1: Don't forget the game, the YouTube algorithm.
0: Yes, we got a game, the YouTube algorithm (laughs) help us.